Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hardwood Nation's Flagrant 2 podcast with myself, editor-in-chief of the Hardwood Nation, C.L. Anthony, and my brother from another mother, Bryce Ward. What's up, Bryce? Not much. How you doing, man? Man, we making it, man. You know, we, we had to take a couple of weeks off and a lot of stuff been happening those couple of weeks. So let's jump right into it. Yeah. All right. So the biggest thing of the week, the biggest story of the week was the meltdown of the Milwaukee Bucks against the Miami Heat. Um, the Heat had a 3-0 lead. The Bucks miraculously won game four. Then the Heat closed them out in five games. How surprising was this to you? I was, I was surprised at how they handled them so confidently. Mm-hmm. Um, even when the early games where seemed like Giannis was completely healthy and everything, Milwaukee had a really hard time. It seemed like saying either consistently putting pressure on the Heat or consistently scoring against them. Um, The Heat seemed to just come into that series with a ton of confidence and basically handle them. Like, we haven't seen a team really do all season. Like, you know, the Heat beat them. But, you know, those are just regular season game, exhibition games or whatever you want to call them. So it's, it's interesting to see that they were able to to keep that and almost put more pressure on them. And, uh, you know, the coaching decisions by the Heat were pretty impressive. It, it, early on, it didn't seem like Milwaukee knew just how to handle the games at all. It was a little odd for a team that had the best record, you know. So um, I'm surprised that it didn't go to more games. You know, after Giannis came out and stuff, I, that wasn't surprising because they were barely in it with him. Yeah. And the rest of the team seemed to give up, too, before, like, in games that they shouldn't, at times they shouldn't have been giving up on, I feel like. So, um, it, it just didn't go the way I thought. I thought it would be more competitive. I'm not saying the Heat couldn't have won. I, I, I thought Milwaukee was going to win, but still, it should have been way more competitive than that. <laughs> It, it, it was weird, and, and you, I mean, we, we talk a lot. So I've said all year we could beat the Bucks. <clears throat> I was surprised, same as you, with the number of games that we beat the Bucks in. Because um, even before the injury, the Heat was still up three games zero. So I, 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 I was a little 
taken aback by how easy the Heat beat them. I knew the Heat were going to beat them, but I just didn't know that it could have been a possible sweep, and then it ended up being a gentleman sweep. Um, But Miami, for the most part, manhandled Milwaukee. And every year you have a hot team in the playoffs, and right now it's Miami. So we'll we'll talk about that a little later going into the Boston series because they play Boston. So last night we had just a little bit of news. but you know, you know, Twitter, you know, Twitter explodes over certain things. But we had a little bit of news last night um, with Giannis unfollowing pretty much everyone but family and friends on social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter. And then he actually had a meeting <clears throat> with with the Milwaukee Brain Trust yesterday as well. That's not too weird to me. Um, you know, hopefully they gave him a roadmap on what they could do for the future to get better. But how do you feel about him unfollowing his teammates and the organization on social media? Um, it's just too, like, I try not to worry about things like that too, too early because, I mean, people start talking as soon as, like, before the series is over. Like, when people knew the series was going to be over, they're already talking about where he's going to go and speculation and this and that. It's a little weird to unfollow, unfriend your teammates, but... For the mind state that he's in right now, he might just he might just want to disconnect until it's time. You know, he he went and had his meeting with the ownership. That should be in in his eyes. That should be good enough, in, in how I I see it. So it could be something where it's an early sign, or it could be a situation where he's just trying to to figure out his thoughts and and, and not have any in, influence. I mean, I don't see why to do it. And I went through the Dwight Howard <clears throat> Dwight Howard leaving stage of Orlando like very closely like I paid attention to it and this is going to go back and every little sign is going to be red like little tea leaves you know and it's just it's way too early to tell um it doesn't look like a good sign obviously to get rid of all those teammates as you know on social media but it might not be anything this early on so we'll, we'll see I'm on the fence about it all you can do is take him for his word at the time but that doesn't mean anything either. So, we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, he, he said the right things after the loss um, to yeah. Miami. He said all the right things. That's that's why I think the unfollowing his teammates on social media and the organization was so jarring to me because I'm like, wait a minute. You said all the right things, kind of indicating that you want to stay and build with Milwaukee, but then you unfollow the organization and your teammates. So that was, that was a little odd. Like I said, the meeting – Everyone has meetings, especially with a player of that caliber. It's like, okay, what are you going to do for me going forward to make this team better? Now, here's the thing. Milwaukee is capped out. They have absolutely no money, and they're still sitting on big contracts from Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. So that's going to lead to my next question. If you're the Bucks, who do you move to try to get help? Because you can't sign any free agents, so you have to make trades. So who do you move to get help? And who do you think, what other team out there will help you get better? Um, it is a tough situation because clearly they've, you know, <clears throat> the reason that they're paying these guys these contracts and they, you know, they had the number one record, all these things, is they clearly made an effort to win an NBA championship. Like, you know. It's tough because the only other teams I feel like you can <clears throat> mess around with that are going to want the type of players that you have to get rid of to try to bring in other talent are probably the teams you're, you'd be playing. Like, in my right. head, I think of, you know, the Lakers 
um, slightly weaker bench, you know, after this year, what are they going to want to do to bolster it? You know, right. maybe, right. you know, uh, Brooklyn getting ready for their run next year. You know, right. teams like teams that know that they, they can, they have something to gain from some of these guys the Bucks have. And I think the Bucks just need to mix it up anyways. Not necessarily saying some of these guys can't play or whatever, but something's not right there. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> in my eyes, maybe try to move one of those contracts that seems bigger, but maybe a team that really could use that type of player to for an extra, you know, little extra in the playoffs. For whatever reason, I'm just saying L.A. always has money to spend. There's a lot of teams out there that will spend to make some moves. They just have to make calls. But we'll see. I don't know what the front office is like in Milwaukee. I don't know if teams are willing to help him. You, you know, that that's all like its own little game sometimes. Right, so, right, right. But I would just make, like, I don't know what to hold on there to there. It just seems like outside of um, uh, Giannis and was it, Middleton had had some good outings. It, there wasn't a lot of standout play there for me. It, it looked like a lot of giving up. It looked like a lot of mental softness, too. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. On paper, they look really good. You know, Tobias Harris, you know, can score. He can do a lot of things. But it's just, it just seemed like there was a not a lot of effort. Uh, it was, like I said, a weird performance. So I don't know who exactly to get rid of. But if it's me, I just, I just try to bring in maybe some different type of younger talent, a different energy. You know, someone to help Giannis a little bit. I don't, I don't know what those answers are, but um, I, I would be, I would already, you know. I'm sure they're already thinking about what they can do. They have to be. Yeah, of course. They're going to lose their star. What do you think they should do? During the series, when you're getting shellacked like they were, you have to start thinking about, okay, what can we do to get better? They have to get more versatile, but versatile in a different way. They have athletes on that team, but fundamentally, they're not where they need to be. So, for example, and this is not me knocking anybody, but for example, Eric Bledsoe is not the guy. He shouldn't be your starting point guard. He's not the guy that you need. You actually need a steady, calming presence-like point guard. So I know a lot of people, oh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Chris Paul. You need that type of point guard. I still think Chris Paul is a little too small for the Eastern Conference in that role. But a point guard like Chris Paul, you had that point guard on the bench as far as George Hill, who can also knock down a jumper more consistently than Eric Bledsoe can. So Eric Bledsoe is a more dynamic player, but for his skill set to fit with Giannis, it didn't work. They got rid of Malcolm Brodden in the offseason. He's the player that should have been the starting point guard for Milwaukee because he gave I'm sorry, he gave Miami fits when in the Indiana series. That's the type of point guard that you need. Plus, he has the size. So letting Brodden go was a huge mistake. So you have to move Eric Bledsoe. Somewhere you can you can move Eric Bledsoe to bring in some young talent. Put insert George Hill back into the starting lineup. George Hill is playoff tested from when he started off in San Antonio to Indiana, battling Miami back in the day. He's playoff tested. He should have been your starting point guard. Chris Middleton, when he's hot, he's hot. When he's cold. <clears throat> He's cold. I think you moved them both. Last night, I was talking to Kenneth, who writes for us, Kenneth Tate, and he made a suggestion. He was like, hey, pick up the phone and call Washington. See if you can get Bradley Beal there. Get rid of Bledsoe. Get rid of Middleton. Get Bradley Beal in there, <laughs> who was a hell of a lot consistent. And we know we know John Wall is coming back, and we know those two don't play well together. 
So it might be something to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that that's and I told Kenny last night, I was like, that is an absolute <clears throat> fantastic move to try to infuse some life back into Milwaukee. Because um, something's not clicking. They, they are a reg- regular season team, but when it comes to the playoffs, the last two seasons, they've been owned by Toronto, and now this year they're owned by Miami. You can't get sun like that in the second round of the playoffs. You just can't. Um, you, you really can't. So there has to be changes there. Um, like I said, I still don't know how to read into him unfollowing social media, but Going forward, they have to be very and, and they have a young GM. It's a young kid up there as a GM. Going forward, they have to be very, very, very what's the word? Crafty with their trades. Because if not, I don't see this team getting any better when everyone else around them is still getting better. And then you have Brooklyn. Who knows what's gonna happen with Brooklyn, right? Once Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant comes back. So you have to contend with that monster next year. So it's just like, I don't know. All right, so last night, the Los Angeles Lakers advanced the Western Conference Finals by just beating the brakes off of the Houston Rockets. Um, what do you think Houston needs to do? Because that's another one, another situation where you almost have to blow that shit up at this point. <clears throat> Houston, to me, and this, this goes back way farther than this current iteration, but as far as I can remember, Houston just always seems... <clears throat> to pull like wild situations and wild scenarios, and they they always seem to have talent or a big name coach or or something. They 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 really shoot their shot, but I don't know <laughs> it. It just does not work out for them. This team, like there seem to have been glaring holes for like a while with this team. It's like, Mm -hmm. but can just the pure talent of the few guys they do have carry them. Right. Right. And and it carries them until they run into something like a real problem. Look, you know, then there's no adversity there. You've got one guy on the court. Well, I, I can't speak to the rest of the Houston team, but for like the two main guys they have Harden and Westbrook, you've got one guy who, to me, <clears throat> will just scrape and fight no matter what. And then you have a guy who, you, you know from us talking, it's like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Harden, like his his temperament, you know, how he carries himself. And I, I just don't think he can be, like, the guy. He, he can score you every point right. in, the, in the game, and he's still not be that guy. And for whatever reason, that team just doesn't work against real adversity or when presented against a real challenge, I feel like. It, like, they didn't have a re- <clears throat> To me, they didn't have a real chance ever against L.A. Uh, I, I figured whoever came out of the um, Rockets OKC series was just going to get blasted anyways. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know what they do, but to me, they blow it up. Or <clears throat> I think they should blow it up because – you're not I how do you get better this like this way? What do you just hope to make it to a different round next year, like not to face LeBron James until <laughs> I saw a Houston tweet that said something like it showed like two tweets. It's Houston fan and he said something like, uh like we're gonna lose 
to like 35, 36 old LeBron or something. And then like the next tweet was like, I can't wait for LeBron to retire. Oh, it's the Toronto Raptors <laughs> syndrome. Yeah, it's the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. But almost with better players before Kawhi got there. But anyways, right. I just don't know what they do. But the management there just uh, has always seemed a little erratic. It's not that they don't try to do things. It's almost like they try too hard in every moment and they don't have like long-term consistency in terms of like how they want to play, who they want their coach to be, how they want the team to be ran, and who exactly are their is going to be their talent going forward. Cuz I don't think Westbrook Harden works together personally. Mm-hmm. So it's who do you hold on to? I I think they should basically blow it up because I don't see them getting any better. Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. From one one through fifteen, I've said that a lot. Even with with the Heat, um, one through fifteen, the Heat were better than Milwaukee. One through fifteen, the Rockets have more talent than the Lakers. Now, you know my history with LeBron James, right? We we, we it's been well documented. His greatness is that he can take less talented teams deep into the playoffs. Outside of Anthony Davis. This this is this is be real. Outside of Anthony Davis, this is the least talented, one of the least talented LeBron James teams we've ever, we've ever seen. Okay, outside of those early years in Cleveland, that first Finals run he had, that team was absolutely horrible. So that's the greatness of LeBron James. On paper, the Houston Rockets had an actually better team. So what was the issue? Is their playing style? They don't play well together. Who's going to be the dominant ball handler, Harden or Westbrook? They have to figure that out. Dan Antoni, he's going to be a free a free agent head coach this offseason. So there's rumblings, rumblings that, and I know you're a little younger than me, so you don't remember Jeff Van Gundy coaching. There's rumblings that Houston's going to try to bring Jeff Van Gundy back to be their head coach. He was there before in the Yao Ming T-Mac era, and they actually did pretty decent. Okay, So there, there's, a, there's rumblings now that Jeff Van Gundy would come back. He is the complete opposite of Mike Dan Antoni. Strictly defense, hard-nosed playing basketball styles, which actually fits Russell Westbrook more than James Harden. Okay, yeah. there's also there's also rumblings that the, the new owner of the Rockets, he's been there for a couple of years, but he's a fairly new NBA owner, that he was still pissed off that the current GM Daryl Morey caused the uh, the friction with China. If you remember that, mm. he was <laughs> right. We stand with Morey wholeheartedly we stand with more but we know the nba stands with china so it's too much money there so the nba is going to stand with china no matter what they're going to bend over and get fucked by china any kind of way they want so the rockets who had a great relationship with china for all these years saw that blow up so the owner might actually want to move on from the gm as well because of that this off season so if they bring in van gundy he will be the gm slash coach and there's going to be a multitude of changes on that team. And I think you're going to see a Rocket team being built around Westbrook versus being built around Harden going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade if they trade Harden if they bring Van Gundy in there. That's why last night Harden was like, yeah, I want Dan Antoni back. Because Harden knows if Dan Antoni's out, he might be out too. <clears throat> Maybe they should trade him to the Bucks. <laughs> That's Can you imagine Harden on the East Coast? Can you imagine that? No. <laughs> Another... Another thing about Houston, let me let me tell you this number. 
Harden has three years left. Russell has three years left. The commitment of money to two guys for three years is $246 million. Absolutely not for a second round exit. They have to do something. <laughs> they have to do yeah. something. <laughs> but how do you feel? How do you feel about the Lakers? Because like I said, this is LeBron's one of his weaker castmates uh, as a team, you know teammates. How do you feel about them getting to the Western Conference Finals? Because Anthony Davis looked thrilled last night because he's never made it this far before. And he didn't have a great series, but how do you feel about it? Um, I'm not surprised. <clears throat> I'm not surprised at all. At this point, with the path I thought L.A. could when you know, when we were picking our, our first round wins or uh, predictions, <clears throat> the earliest round was going to pose the biggest threat to them. To me, I I, th- I thought once they made out of the first round, they were going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think Portland was going to be a real threat, but, you know, play them competitively kind of thing. Yeah, until Dan got hurt, but yeah. Yeah. But um, there to me, I, I, did, I didn't care about the rest of the team. They had LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and after the last decade of, like, seeing LeBron James grow in the playoffs – I there was no doubt in my mind that they should be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if they can win it. I don't know if they can come out of the West. That's going to be like we've talked about. Um, one of the series uh, might be one of the best conference final series of all time if Clippers can close out Denver. Um, <clears throat> but I fully expect this out of LeBron. I don't care what he should be able to go to most competitive teams and take them to the finals. That's what I've gotten used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, he has the other piece there with Davis. That should be enough to get them there most of the time just because of that. Because yeah. he, he's shown us he knows how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, this is his 11th uh, time in a conference finals. A shocking stack to me is, and I have to I, I drew a blank. I have to research this. So I couldn't remember this. He's actually sixth all time with 11 conference finals appearances. It's like, well, Jesus Christ, who's in the top five? So I have to, I have to really research that because I want to know because I, I would have figured LeBron would have been in the top five with 11 uh, conference finals appearances. I think Shaq ended up with like nine or ten. Um, pretty much some of the old guys, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, I would imagine would be the ones that would be up there. Oh, yeah, and Magic Johnson as well. But I, I really want to research that because that was a pretty cool stat I saw last night. Um, but kudos, kudos well, to the Lakers. Yeah. And what what I think is different about this year <clears throat> is LeBron was like, well, let me go try Let me go try it in the West. And he, he made it back, you know, yeah. to the conference finals again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it didn't matter because some people used to say, you know, it's because he was in the East, this and that. Right, right. Uh, and that's, but no, yeah. not, no. You, you're he the first person. You're the first person who's brought that up. Like, I've seen no one on Twitter or anything. <clears throat> so that, that's a, an accomplishment in upon itself that LeBron James went to the conference finals in the Western Conference, which was, which was wrongfully labeled as the most dominant conference. But, well, I'm not getting into that today. Um all right, so the first conference final showdown that we have begins Tuesday night. You have the Miami Heat going up against the Boston Celtics. So a little bit of history between these two teams. Uh, Danny Ainge and Pat Riley do not like each other. Um, 
the Boston Celtics won the season series two games to one. Um, the Heat did win the last game uh, against the Celtics during the bubble. They've won the only bubble game. What do you think is going to happen in this series? I have no idea, and that's why I'm excited about it. I was really hoping Boston, after seeing how well Boston played mm-hmm. um, in the first uh, couple of series, I was really excited. I because I, I didn't really pay attention to Boston this much that much mm-hmm. this year. You know, just the, I just knew they were doing well, and uh, <clears throat> I just really <laughs> don't like Kyle Lowry, and uh, Toronto's <laughs> won a championship, so I, I, I'm not you know not like kind of emotionally or emotionally pulling for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also, everybody was praising Kyle Lowry the other night in that double o- overtime game right, you know, for his right. play. All right. I took away from it was that, like, Jalen Brown went up for a layup or dunk and he pulled his legs out from under. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, look at this, man. And then Jalen Brown scooted away from him. Like, no, don't pull me out of the air. Right, <laughs> right. You don't do that. And then try, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, whatever. I'm glad Boston won. <clears throat> Because, too, mainly, I'm excited to see this series. I didn't want to see Toronto play the Heat as much. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't appeal to me in terms of curiosity as much. I figured the Heat – I thought if the Heat could beat Milwaukee the way they did, that they'd have a good chance to beat Toronto or at least be close. This one is crazy. And also the Brad Stevens versus Eric Spolster coach – off that's right. going to happen is interesting right. because everybody was dogging Milwaukee's coach, right, right, especially early on. Uh, Brad Stevens is is heralded as being like you know a driving force behind this team, and so I'm interested to see how they kind of like play a chess game between each other. What do you think? It's going to be a really close series. Um, I think Miami has to dirty it up a little bit. Um, no one really plays the Celtics that way. So I think Miami has to kind of slow the game down, kind of grind it out, and give Jimmy Butler a chance to take over. Um, that's the only shot that Miami has. Because I think Boston's Boston is just too efficient offensively. Even though Miami's a great <clears throat> defensive team, offensive potency, though, Boston's a little more fluid than we are. So I think, like I said, Miami has to dirty it up. You know, you're going to see a couple of hard fouls um, to try to slow the Celtics down. If they can do that, it's going to go six or seven games if they can do that. Um, at this time, doing this podcast, I absolutely have no idea who's going to win this series. I don't know. It should be close. It should it, be close. It, I hope it goes six close. or seven games. Yeah, it's gonna go six. It's, it's gonna go six or seven games. Like I said, Miami just has to. Hey, look, everybody knows I'm a Heat fan, so this is hard. Miami has to dirty it up because on paper Boston should win this series, but on paper Milwaukee <clears> should have beat Mil. You know, my, my I can't talk now. Forgive me. My Milwaukee should have beat Miami. So. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I, I do know it's going to go six or seven games, and you're going to see some great basketball. A lot of people are excited about this series because this is a matchup that we haven't seen with this current these current rosters. We haven't seen this in the playoffs. So a lot of people are excited about this. You know, we saw Milwaukee and, and Toronto before. Of... Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, 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 for sure. And, and for both of these teams, it, it was like – to make it the way they did, I don't know. I don't know exactly um, 
like who their main bigs are on Boston because it doesn't seem like they have anybody too, they too big. You know? They don't. They don't. <clears throat> you see, Toronto and Milwaukee are both known for having size and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these other teams, um, Miami and Boston, the way they made it and stuff is it, it was just more more of a challenge, I thought, in the way they played. So I, I find that that style play a little more interesting than the other two teams. So that's why I'm I'm really excited for this series. Like, I don't know what to expect out of it. It could go either way, and both teams really deserve to be there. Oh, yeah. One, one thing I'll say, just from a pure matchup standpoint, just for analytics, eye test, X and O test, the guard play for Boston is going to be crucial. They have an advantage on the front court against Miami. They had to have a slight advantage with Jalen Brown, with Jason Tatum, even Marcus Smart being kind of like a combo guard. He can play one through three. But as great as Kimball Walker is, Goran Dragic on the other side has been playing just as great during his playoff run, and he's a little bigger than Kimba. So I think Goran, if Goran can be aggressive, he might be able to give Kimba fits. <clears throat> possibly take Kimba down low and get him in a foul trouble. So even if the Celtics put Marcus Smart and switch him over to Kimba, because I believe Marcus Smart is going to have a lot of run on Jimmy Butler. But if he has to if he has to guard Goran Dragic, who the hell is going to guard Kimba, right? Maybe Jimmy Butler. So that's really kind of going to stifle um, Kimba's game a little bit. So I, I think on this team and this matchup, Kimba Walker might be the weak link for the Celtics. And if the Heat can attack that, it, they, they'll have a shot. Yeah, but I feel like if you put if you have to do uh, Butler on mm-hmm. Kimba, mm-hmm. then <clears throat> that takes him off one of the other guys. You don't have to really worry about Smart, but then you know Jason Tatum's been playing well. You mm-hmm. know, it's it. Um, but that's why you have Jake Jake Crowder, who we picked up at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and then and yeah. then Andre Iguodala. So we we still got guys who can play those forwards. And then, in theory, Jimmy can move over, if he has to, can move over to uh, to Kemba. So that's part of the chess match between Spolster and Stevens, Stevenson. So mm-hmm. it, it's going to be great um, to see. I, look, the Heat's had a week off. The Celtics are going to be hot going into game one because they just played a couple of days ago. Um, so game one's going to be a throwaway game, but then the series is really going to get started game two. Um, we'll see what happens there. And see, um, I'm interested to see Smart on Butler some because I feel like that's that's a that's the Smart is the type of guy a team needs to help deal with Butler. Mm-hmm. Is someone who plays that that style. Basically. Yeah, those they're both dolls. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm excited to see them too. Yeah. Yeah, they're both. Dogs. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of get into it a little bit. You know, I think it's going to lead to some of that. I had the opposite idea of like the tragic um, Kimba matchup, some because I the size, yeah, but can Dragic keep up with Kimba? I think and how he can. they're going to run. I I, I, I we'll think see. he can. And, and here and here's another here's another thing. Okay, so we know. Look, Boston's forwards are fantastic. Brown, Tatum are fantastic, but then you have Duncan Robinson. For Miami, who's a deadly three-point shooter at this point. So he didn't play as well against Milwaukee. But I think Duncan Robinson is actually going to have a great series and keep Tatum 
and Brown on the move. Because if you remember how Reggie Miller played and bounced off screens and ran all around the baseline and shit, that's how Duncan Robinson plays. So he's going to wear those guys out, whoever has to guard him. See, it, <laughs> I, I got so it's, many it's matchups. It's a matchup disaster for bo- yeah. both teams. Because yeah. like, you, like you said, just for Boston right there, Tatum and Jalen Brown are both yeah. big enough to guard either Butler or someone else. Jalen right. Brown's pretty, you know, big too. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to come down to like, like I said, I think the coach is having like a chess match and just who can actually execute and make their shots. Right, 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 right. And who can be disciplined on defense. So, and both teams are good. Fun series. It is, yeah. If if the Clippers can wrap this up today against Denver, um, we are going to be blessed on both sides with, some of the best conference finals basketball we've seen in years, um, probably since the early 90s, I would say. Real quick, real quick, I know I showed you some stuff. How would you feel about Michael Porter Jr. Uh, kind of calling out his team <laughs> and his coach? <laughs> it's, yeah, um, if you're going to do it, uh, he's a little younger. To, you know, it was – Maybe he shouldn't have said it. Maybe he should have. I don't know. Like I said, I probably wouldn't have done nothing like that. Being, you know, especially a younger guy, mm-hmm. too. It's like maybe you'd have to wait a little bit, earn it more. Right, But right, right. if you're going to say it, you have to deliver on your play. And um, I haven't got to watch a lot of basketball, but I watched the, the game right after that. Mm-hmm. Den- the Denver win the other night, last night. Yeah, no, two nights ago. It was Friday night, yeah. And every time he got the ball, I'm like, he better not fuck up. <laughs> and he didn't. The whole team played well, but yeah. at, at least, uh, at least, mainly the second half. Yeah. Um. So he delivered on his play, but I, I think now is not the time to 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 interrupt. Like, you don't want team chemistry issues right now. And so maybe if you're going to make that comment, maybe you do it in the locker room all together right. as players or something. Have it not, offline. Yeah. Not in front of the media. So I disagree, but at least they won the next game and he didn't right. play like garbage. Because I watched him and every time he got the ball, you know, he did he either did what he needed to do, made a shot, whatever. But he started Denver, off slow that game. Okay. So, so see, like I said, I, I watched uh, pretty. I know I watched some of the first half, but it was mostly mm. all second half. Right, right. So I don't know. I just know in the second half, it seemed like Denver could do no wrong. That kid could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Mitchell, everybody was firing all cylinders, and they came back from like I don't know, thirteen, fourteen points, something like that, and came back yeah, to win. So it was thirteen down. My fish, my yeah. fish decided decided to start fighting. That's why I looked over like, what are, what are y'all doing over there? <laughs> Those savage African sickness. Okay, um, no, Michael Porter Jr. has starred slash Devin Booker potential. He does. He He's always had that. He just fell off when he had to have the back surgery and people gave up on him. Some people didn't think he was going to play in the NBA, but he was highly touted uh, when he was in college. And, and he he's kind of a basketball prodigy, him and his brother, because his dad was a freaking coach and just raised those boys up, kind of like LeVar did with his sons. Um, so, yeah, my, Michael Porter, I, I got my eye on him because he he may be something. He maybe he, he has he has the size of Clay Thompson. I think he's a little more athletic than Clay. Um, so let's mm-hmm. just see if he develops his overall game, you know, defensively um, as well. Um, he, he might be something. So yeah, we gotta keep our eye on him. 
he, he's a big boy that uh, definitely didn't look uncomfortable in his mobility right. and everything. Like, he, right. for his size, he looked very capable in, like, how he defended and moved around on the court. I was impressed. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, a couple years ago, we, we probably would have known these guys a little bit better in detail. But uh, watching these playoffs a little bit and helping get to know him. And he, I was impressed by him the other night. Right, 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 right. I, I'm happy that... <laughs> That he didn't have a horrible game because <laughs> that would have been a very, he, very bad traded. look. <laughs> he would have been traded. <laughs> look, uh, Denver doesn't have a dog. Like if they had an old head on the team, <laughs> man, they would have, they would have had a very in depth conversation with that kid. <laughs> yeah. Imagine him doing that on Miami or like San Antonio. Like what? <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. Did you see the clip? Of uh, Austin Rivers accidentally hit LeBron James with a head over the head with a basketball yesterday, and LeBron mm-hmm. tur- LeBron turned around like he was going to rip his soul out. <laughs> he's like, few- what? He's like, what just happened here? <laughs> Look, it was a few memes about that last night. They're like, Austin Rivers wasn't ready for that smoke. <laughs> that ain't LeBron's promise. <laughs> That's going to be some black on beige crime. <laughs> I'm so politically incorrect. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What? Dude, I cannot wait, though. Like, we were talking about LeBron's legacy kind of earlier where he went from the east to the west. It's mm-hmm. the team he's going to have to go up against. Had a guy who was creating his own, like, pretty epic legacy. And it seems like no matter where he goes, he's Wait. able to, yeah. And yeah, so I'm interested to see this, like, what almost is like an in, like a unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Like, that's right. how I see these two guys right now. So right. it's like, who's going to give in? Uh, it's like a battle of wills. I know Clippers, better coaching, possibly a better uh, depth. But uh, I don't know the LeBron James-Anthony Davis effect against the Kawhi-Paul George effect it's it's just going to be so exciting like i can't i can't get over the excitement we got to do it we got to do it we're so close we got to do it we got to do it we're so close so here we go i'm gonna need an nba finals prediction let's say the clippers wrap this thing up today because it's an early game so one o'clock game so let's say the clippers wrap this thing up today so you have the marquee lakers clippers in the west and the east boston miami Who's going to the NBA Finals? On both sides or just the West? No, who's going to the Finals? Who, 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 what is your NBA Finals matchup? The, the 2020 NBA Bubble Finals matchup. Who you got? Um, Lakers-Boston. Got it. You are definitely my brother from another mother. I got Clippers-Heat, and I got Clippers winning the championship. I think I think LeBron wins a championship this year. And oh wow! I'm not, I'm not sure. From a if 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 you think LeBron can win the championship, I was thinking for like what would be the most interesting team to go opposite, and so like Boston, LA again, just seems right. like this long thing. That's like right. it's kind of cool if it happens again, but then mm-hmm. to see LeBron. 
go up. It's not the same players, but it's the same old ownership that knew him so well in the Heat. It's like, that's interesting just because it's like his old team as well. And and traditionally, he hasn't, we don't think he's like playing against the Heat. So that's, that also posed an interesting situation in my head. But uh, I, I think, I think Boston makes it there. It's been well documented that he doesn't play well against the Heat post leaving Miami. It's it's a mental thing with him. It's all mental. Uh, He's had a couple of good games against Miami, but typically speaking, he he doesn't play well. I know Eric Spolster knows how to coach against him um, because he knows his strengths and weaknesses. But I think from a pure basketball standpoint, the Clippers can beat the Lakers. I think with the way the Heat shooting and the Heat's that hot team this year, which I'm really not used to saying, but they're the hot team in the playoffs and the underdog team. Dude, they're eight and one in the playoffs. Like, great, they had the best record in the playoffs, so they're going to give Boston a little bit of problem. So, with that momentum, with their three point shooting, I, I think there's going to be enough there for them to pull past Boston. But their magical run is going to come to an end against the Clippers because the Clippers are one of the deepest teams I've ever seen. So. They just don't know it yet. And um, one of the Morris twins, I can't remember which one's there, but he actually said sometimes they play like they are on paper. Like he was saying, we're the champs on paper and we play we play like it versus actually going out there and giving an effort like we're not that. You know what I'm saying? And it, it made perfect sense. You know, you can't rely on being paper champions. You got to go out there and earn it. Um, yeah. So with him saying that, that was a bit of clarity. I was like, okay, they're starting to get it now. But they have to wrap up Denver today. They can't let Denver go to a game seven because Denver has nothing to lose. With that lead the other night, they shouldn't let it get to this game. Right, right, right. They can't the, – the, the, all the pressure is on the Clippers to wrap this thing up. And they, like I said, it's an early game. They play at 1 o'clock today. Unfortunately, they're going to go up against a lot of football, so I don't know what the ratings are going to be like today. But mm-hmm. – I'm gonna be. I'm gonna watch as much of it as I can. Um, but yeah, th- this is gonna be great. So you got the Lakers and Celtics in the finals. I got the Clippers and Miami in the finals. We're gonna see, my man. It's gonna be great. Either way, it's gonna be good basketball to watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'll 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 end it today with this. Does Giannis accept the supermax contract? Because I know it came up. So with the supermax. The Bucks can pay him more than anyone else. They can give him an extra mm-hmm. year, so the money comes out to be forty to fifty million dollars more than what another team can offer. So in the past, Paul George didn't take it. Anthony Davis didn't take it. Do you think Giannis is going to take the supermax? Because this is the time where he has to do it. If he's all in, once as soon as the season over is over with, that's when he can sign it. So what do you think he does? This season or next season? No, he next can season? sign it. He can sign it this season. So as soon as the season wraps up, he can sign the super max contract. So do you think he does it this season or do you think he goes to the off season as a free agent? Yeah, uh, I don't think he signs it. Wow. OK. OK. Well, we're going to be here. Look, if he doesn't sign it, it's going to be the, the, the decision 3.0. <laughs> yeah, it just that's what happens now. It's just like. <sighs> To me, it's just the way the league goes. I mean, yeah. I hope he signs it. I hope he signs. I can't deal with a bit of decision, bro. I just can't. I can't. (laughs) I just like it. It wouldn't even be. I wouldn't even worry about it the way I used to worry about those things. Like, if he doesn't sign it, and I'll just in my head, in 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 my head, it go two ways. 
if the Bucks play well in the playoffs, then they have a chance. If they don't play well, he's gone. Mm. He's gone. Mm. But here's the thing: if you're the Bucks, do you let him walk, or do you say, "Hey, if you're if you're gonna leave, talk to us and let's know if you're gonna leave. Let's work out a trade so we can at least get some pieces back." That's always the question, right? You don't want him to walk. Yeah, you don't want him to, like, uh, what is it? What they call it when they just wreck the whole team? I'm I'm trying to think of the wording. But, yeah, you're going to walk away with nothing, basically. Right, right, right. I think if I'm the the Bucks GM, if I can't make any substantial changes this Mm -hmm. year and the team does kind of like what they've been doing the last couple seasons, you get ahead of it, you trade him, and -hmm. you restart God, they got – dude, they can't go into the same – they can't go into the season with the same team. Like, they cannot. Um, if they do, he's gone. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that's doomsday if they do that. If they can't swing any trades, that's doomsday. Uh, because wow. the West or the East will only get better. It's going to get a lot better. I'm not saying Brooklyn's going to win a championship. Brooklyn's going to get a hell of a lot of wins, I'll tell you that. Brooklyn's going to be up there next year right. fighting for right. one of those uh, p- possibly second round or conference final spots, depending on how the season goes for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, they're instant player. Hey, I just thought of something. You know, Kenny did that great thing with, with, with Milwaukee and Washington. I'll leave you with this. Pick up the phone and call Philly. Let's see what Philly's talking about. You got some studs on that team. You got Tobias Harris on Philly. Bring him to Milwaukee. <laughs> hey, Philly could be something, too. You know, those two teams could work oh, some yeah. shit out. Yeah. I said so, Tobias Harris earlier. Yeah, I know. Milwaukee by accident. That's, That's all right. I'm, I'm cleaning it up. See, I did that. I'm cleaning it up. I wonder who I was thinking about Milwaukee then. He was probably thinking of Middleton. Who knows? But, hey, yeah. I just I just clean. Guys mixed up. That's what brothers do. I just cleaned it up for you, see? But, so, yeah, pick up the phone, call Philly. And see what Philly, because Philly's going to make changes too. So, mm-hmm. Philly, Washington, please call Milwaukee because we can't deal with another team like this. We Giannis, we just can't. He needs help. Get the boy some help. They're in trouble. <laughs> oh, Them and Houston I, are in big trouble. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week's uh, episode of the Flagrant 2 podcast. Again, it's your boy C.L. Anthony with Bryce Ward. Give us a like, give us a share, subscribe. Long live the flagrancy. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Amen. Right,